Hey everyone, I hope you've been having an amazing summer. We've had a little bit of a break here on the podcast for the summer, but we're back for one more episode before the fall really kicks in in September. And in today's episode, Pastor Nathan and I share some of our personal highlights from the Ephesians series. We did a 12-ish week series uh, as a church. Actually, I think it was a little bit longer than that. Anyways, we'll find out in the conversation because Nathan helps me remember. Um, We did a long series on the book of Ephesians, and so we wanted to just kind of summarize, wrap up with some of the things that we learned as we studied, as we taught, as we listened and learned um, along with you, our church family. And so just enjoy learning along with us. And as you listen, I I would encourage you to reflect on what you learned during this series as well. This episode will be our final one in season two, Scripture. We have some new plans in the works, some things we're hoping to share with you, maybe in the new year. So thanks for following along on the journey with us as we have discussed the Scriptures that make up our Sunday morning messages. If you find these conversations helpful, please share them with people. Share them on social. Give the podcast a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. we got a pretty good library here of conversations. So thanks for following along on the journey with us. Let's get into our final episode of this season. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Koinonia podcast. I'm here this morning with Pastor Nathan. Hello. uh, Hello, hello. And we're going to jump into our uh, conversation about the book of Ephesians. We we wrapped up the series on Ephesians uh, beginning of August. Middle yeah, of August, middle, somewhere in there. More in the middle. Yeah. And I think that was like the longest series we've ever done. Could be. It's like <laughs> more than 12 weeks for sure. Yeah, it was a, a, quite a long one, but it yeah. was great. It was really cool. It was really cool to slowly go through a book of the Bible on a Sunday mm-hmm. morning. I've never never done that. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, And it was also helpful for me to be involved in teaching some of it because then I couldn't just like ignore <laughs> some portions of scripture not because i didn't like it but just because it took some time to really think about okay what's paul actually trying to say here because mm. i can i've read the book of ephesians numerous times but yeah. upon hearing it again from other voices and ha- having the privilege of teaching on it myself it's like all right i need to get into this and yes. you know really understand what paul's trying to communicate mm-hmm. and that's a good point because it's so easy for us to read scripture just from our lens like what does this mean to me yeah and really that's that's out of order we need to ask first of all what it what did it mean to Paul when he was writing it what did it mean to the people who are hearing it yeah and then holy spirit help me understand how this applies to me yeah and if we jump straight to how does this apply to me we can easily misapply yeah things um, and miss what God was trying to say in the first place, right? So, yes. And yeah. so what we wanted to do today was talk about some things that we learned just as we were hearing mm-hmm. the series and as we were teaching and studying. Mm-hmm. Um, and what you just summarized there was one of the things that I learned mm-hmm. yet again is the importance of understanding like, okay, what was what was God communicating to his people through Paul? Mm-hmm. And then in light of that, how does that affect me? Like, right. Even just knowing that when Paul was writing this, he was in prison, mm-hmm. like that changes the way that I think about right. what he's del- like. He wasn't, you know, sitting on a beach or, <laughs> you know, taking a writing vacation like yes. people do to write a book, yeah. like a sabbatical. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So that just changes the way that I, 
that I read and hear mm -hmm. these words, mm -hmm. you know? So anyways, that was one thing that I learned, but I, I also want to share um, a quote from one of the messages, and I think it's a good starting point for our conversation. Um, so Dwayne Harder, uh, one of our apostolic elders, was teaching on, uh, I think he was teaching on chapter four, and the what the thing that he said that really was challenging for me was, he said, all theology is practical and must translate into action. Mm -hmm. And that was a good challenge for me. And one of the ways that we actually set up the book was how the first kind of half of Ephesians is more of the theological side of the equation. The realities and, of what Christ has done for us. And, yes, mm -hmm. exactly. And then the second half is how then is our life reshaped by those realities of what Christ has done. Mm. Um, but he was very clear to highlight that if what Christ has done doesn't reshape mm. how we live and how we interact, mm -hmm. like maybe we need to rethink what we're actually believing. Like, mm -hmm. and, if, and consider if we actually do believe it. Yes. Yes. So that's what I meant. Yeah. Like if, if, if I'm, if my belief doesn't translate into action, then mm -hmm. yeah, maybe I need to consider, do I really actually think this is true yeah so that was a good challenge for me was the was just the importance of that that's good yeah mm -hmm. yeah yeah we any theology is really the study of who god is and 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 uh, understanding god right yeah and which is not a small <laughs> topic <laughs> no but at the same time as you come to know and understand god through that study it should in turn change the way you live yeah right yeah who god is should shape who we are mm -hmm. and how we live in light of who he is yeah and um otherwise it's just a debate or it's just a you know nice thought or uh you know yeah. something for us to talk about or think about or ponder sure. but it god god intends as james our study in james yeah reviews um you know, we we are called not to just be hearers, or thinkers, right. or talkers, or posters, <laughs> yeah, or posters, <laughs> but doers right. of the word. Yeah. So God's word is His revelation of who He is. Mm -hmm. So as we study the revelation that God has given us of who He is in His word, we are to do or live in light of that. Right. And until we've taken that step. Mm -hmm. James says we're deceiving ourselves. Hmm, right. You know, we we actually get to the place where we think talking about theology is the same thing as doing it. Right. Or that talking about theology is actually God's end goal. Hmm. You know, that that's all I wanted you to do was just wrestle with these theological concepts. Yeah. You know, talk about who I am and what my word says. Yeah. And just, yeah, just just have a great conversation. Right. No, that's not what he wants us to do. That's not what Jesus came to do. No, it, it's to practically live out our lives in light of these things that we wrestle with and seek to understand and that the Holy Spirit reveals to us. Mm -hmm. Totally. And that's where the second half of Ephesians kind of highlights for us some ways that that can actually work. Like mm -hmm. it gets really specific into how we treat our our spouses and how we treat our mm -hmm. kids and yep. our, our bosses and our employees. Like it's yeah, it's pretty extensive. Yeah, and and 
the the hinge verse I like to call it yes is is Ephesians four verse one as a prisoner for the Lord then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Mm. So this is the the moment where the 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 conversation swings from yeah. what Jesus has done, from what God has done for us in Christ to, okay, now how are you going to live in light of that? And, right. and he uses the word living worthy or living in a way that is befitting mm. what we've just talked about. Yeah. So it's a, an appropriate response to what Jesus has done for us. But, but then what's the first thing he goes after? You yeah, know. I mean, verse two, be completely humble, gentle, be patient, bearing with one another in love, and then make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. Right, because those those characteristics he's talking about, humble, gentle, yeah. patient, bearing with one another in love, those, first of all, we should say that they are the fruit of the spirit. Yeah. Right. So yes. if you look at Paul's writing in Galatians, you find out that those things are things the spirit produces in us yep so you know what walking or living worthy of what we've just read means that the fruit of the spirit is going to be produced in us Mm -hmm. that's the fitting response that we would allow the spirit to produce these things yeah and then he kind of sums up what the effect of the that kind of way of living is making every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. Mm-hmm. And then he goes into there's one body, one spirit, right. one hope, etc. unity, yeah. Yeah, and and so I think this is one of the areas where um we can we can debate theology. We can have all of these great conversations and I I love to have conversations about uh, what scripture means in different areas and you know justification and sanctification and sure. repentance yeah. and what does all this atonement. mean atonement yes yeah. propitiation yes <laughs> you know all of these great things that we can um talk about in depth and that the body of christ has differences of opinion about but at the end of the day if if our conversation about those things those theological things from chapters one through three undermine and go um yeah undermine the unity that Mm. the spirit has brought to us that ephesians 1 through 3 talk about we've missed the boat somewhere Hmm. something has gone wrong right um and the theology is not actually being practiced yeah because the whole thing that paul is saying is a fitting response to this is that you would walk in unity with one another right as the body of Christ right Jews Gentiles slave free yeah. male female doesn't matter um, who you are your position in life you know socioeconomic status mm-hmm. gender doesn't matter yeah the one of the first things that should be the result of understanding these realities is unity right yeah <laughs> That's significant. It is. And it, it it's easy to think that we should, uh, and maybe we can talk about this, like the f- the fitting response is not to just like sweep the things we're passionate about aside. Right. Right? Like setting those things aside for the sake of unity. That is that the call? Like I, I think that's maybe helpful to think about because mm-hmm. um, th- like 
I mean, Jesus isn't calling us to just be like, all right, guys, like, just don't disagree about anything so that you can all get along. Mm. Like, it's deeper than that, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's not pretending like you have the same opinion as people. Right. That's not unity. No, (laughs) no, it's a false unity. Yeah. um, Unity is really grounded in something bigger than my opinion. Mm. Right. Yeah. And. So it's agreeing about who Jesus is. It's agreeing about what he's accomplished for us. It's, it's taking the, the essentials of our faith and saying, let's focus on these things. Yeah. We may have some differences of opinion about some other, you know, the way in which some of these things get worked out. Mm-hmm. But we do agree that Jesus is the savior of the world. Right. We do agree that we are saved by grace through faith. Yeah. We, do agree that it's because of Jesus' perfect, sinless life, his atoning death and his, you know, justifying resurrection yeah. that we are saved. We right. agree on those things. Yeah. So that makes you a believer, mm-hmm. as a Christian, a follower of Christ. It makes me a follower of Christ. Now, there are some other things that we disagree about, you know, in terms of how that gets walked out, you know, some of the the, the details of exactly what that means. But those are not salvation issues. Right. Um, and sometimes we treat them like they are. Mm. We claim they are. Right. But, but, but they're not really. Yeah. And we, I think we have to be honest with ourselves about that and say, okay, well, it's more important that, first of all, we start with unity. Yeah. And we can have some civil conversations about those things and seek to understand one another and... Maybe we change our opinions based on those conversations, but agreeing over those secondary issues are not the basis for our unity. Right. Christ is. Yeah. And then when we make those secondary issues more important than that unity, like we're we're saying this thing is more important actually than the unity that Christ brings in him. That he died to make possible. Right. Yeah. You know, you and I were talking about um, John chapter 17, where Jesus, you know, we call it the high priestly prayer. Right. He's about to go to the cross. Yeah. He's about to accomplish this atoning work that we love to sing about and read about and talk about and preach about. But what what is his concern in the midst of all this? What is the thing that he's excited about? Yeah. It's unity. Yeah. Father, make them one, just yeah. like you and I are one. May they be one so that the world will know that you sent me. Yeah. And that you love them mm-hmm. just as you love me. Like that concept of unity is at the very heart of his high priestly prayer. Yeah. And it's at the very heart of Paul's, what Paul is saying is the fitting response. Right. He's saying Jesus accomplished this thing mm-hmm. that he was praying about. Now live like it and don't undermine it. Don't undo it. Don't fight against it. Yeah. You know, walk it out. What are some of the other ways that we undermine that unity? Like when we make our secondary opinions more important than, than, Mm -hmm. you know, what we just highlighted, what Mm -hmm. Christ died for. Yeah. Um, Are are there any other ways that come to mind? Like how we. Well, you know, I'm I'm looking at uh, verse two of chapter four. And it says, as I mentioned earlier, the fruit of the Spirit 
is what's necessary for us to walk out the unity and it uses words like humble gentle mm -hmm. patient bearing with one another in mm -hmm. love right so these are all ingredients that go into what it takes to walk in unity mm -hmm. but then you could look at the opposite of those sure right yeah. so my pride yeah undermines unity hmm. like when i when i have a higher opinion of myself than you than i do of you right or when i think i'm right you know I, i i've got a corner on the truth right with no room to be wrong no yeah i assume that you know i've got it i got it figured out you know i've been to seminary yeah of what i've studied the scriptures Capital S. yeah whatever it is you know we can we can justify ourselves in many different ways yeah you know i've been a christian longer than you i go to this church yeah. i mean all of these things are true so far <laughs> yeah I, i yeah i've been a part of this denomination and you're a part of that yeah. denomination and we're right and you're you know yeah all of these things um pride mm -hmm. pride is at the heart of the fall of lucifer right you know so yeah. it's not going to be great um fertilizer for us to walk in unity right it's it's going to undermine it yeah gentle mm. you know um, meekness my you know it jesus is not about us becoming uh weak about us kind of yeah, just like doormats yeah becoming doormats or about you know pretending that we we aren't intelligent or pretending that we don't have passion for these things what he's wanting to do though is he's wanting us to have self-control yeah or spirit led control yeah another fruit of the spirit another fruit of the spirit so we can have all of this strength we can have all of this intellect this intelligence this passion this whatever but it needs to always be handled with meekness yeah with gentleness you know that picture of a, of a horse that's been uh, broken in yeah. the best possible sense that, yeah that is under the control submitted to the the rider yeah it doesn't mean the horse is no longer strong right You know, it doesn't, yeah. the horse didn't get weak all of a sudden. The horse has taken all of that strength and learned to place it under the control of that rider. Yeah. And the, the Holy Spirit is, is that person for us. For us. Yeah. And so we're bringing all of that under his, his control and then patience. Yeah. Bearing with one another. You know, it, we need people to bear with us. I don't know about you, but I need people to bear with me because... I, I can be a bit of a jerk sometimes. Yeah. I, I can be unreasonable at times. I, yeah. you know, and it goes, it, it's just reasonable to think that if that's the case with me, then you should need that grace at times too, right? Yeah. And then love, Yeah. you know, crowning all of this off with, with love. And that Jesus said, that's the whole law and the prophets. You know, if you want to understand the heart of God in the entire law, in all of the prophets, it can be summed up in one word. Yeah. Love. Right. So anything that is contrary to those. Yeah, those fruits of the spirit. The fruit, the, yeah, that fruit of the spirit is going to result in undermining unity and mm. fighting against unity. Right. Huh. Yeah. It feels a little, I guess, overwhelming. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Shoot, I've got to be undermining unity somewhere here you know yeah but but it's it says here you know in, in verse three make yeah. every effort mm -hmm. to keep the unity so first of all it shouldn't surprise us that it takes effort oh yeah i mean even just to be a little bit patient takes effort <laughs> yeah so 
I mean, we can go on in two ditches on this. Yeah. We can say it's all about my effort. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, I'm the only one, you know, so it's all about me trying harder to walk in unity or yeah. walk in love or be humble or be gentle or whatever. Yeah. That or would we, be like fruit of the flesh, though. Yeah, it would be. Like, it, it and would, that doesn't work. Yeah, it would be the flesh's attempt yeah. to mimic the fruit of the spirit. Right. Uh, that's yeah. not going to work. Yeah. <laughs> But then we can go all the way into the other ditch and say, well, it shouldn't take any effort because it's a work of the Spirit. Right. Apparently, Paul is able to walk in the tension yeah. of the fact that it, there is effort. Mm -hmm. And in fact, there's a lot of effort at mm -hmm. times. Every effort. Every effort. Striving to maintain, like there are different ways in which the, the, the words are tr translated in different um, versions, translations. But yeah, there's a lot of effort. And there's also the spirit. Right. Because it's the unity of the spirit. It's the fruit of the spirit. Mm -hmm. So it's impossible without the spirit, but there is effort. Yeah. And and that's that's a challenging thing to walk out. It's a lot harder than saying, Oh yeah, this Holy Spirit will just help right. me be patient. Yeah. Like <laughs> And yes you will. Yeah. But there is a role we play in all of that. Yeah. That's so true. So how do we, what does it look like to partner with the spirit in that tension? Maybe we could talk about that. Mm -hmm. um, like, does the Holy Spirit help me be patient if patience is already present and he just empowers it? Or, you know, like, is the Holy Spirit bringing patience out of nowhere? Mm. You know, when I'm really angry and a wave of patience washes, washes over me. Yes. I don't know. How do you think about that? Like, how do we navigate that tension? Yeah. So, so further on in chapter four, it talks about the old self and the new self. Mm -hmm. Putting off the old self. There is some effort involved in that. Right. <laughs> Denying the old self, uh, saying no to the fleshly response mm -hmm. of the old sinful nature and putting on the new self. Right. Mm -hmm. So the fruit of the spirit is really the DNA of God. His, his DNA, his characteristics being reproduced in us. And we have been reborn by the Spirit. We have been transformed by the Spirit. We have a new self. Mm -hmm. um, but that doesn't mean there isn't some tension between putting off and putting on because right. Paul describes that. So, you know, going back to Galatians, he says, walk in the Spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Right. So it's... It's choosing to live our lives yielded to the Spirit. And as we do that, the fruit gets produced by the Spirit. So we can't produce the fruit, but He also doesn't possess us. Yes, right. <laughs> he leads yeah, we're us. We're not under control. Yeah, He leads us. So we willingly come under the leading of the Spirit. And Paul talks about walking in step with the Spirit. Yeah. So we got to choose to walk in step with the Spirit. And I... I think of it a bit like, you know, if you've ever been to a carnival or a picnic and they've done a three-legged race, right? Yeah. You have to walk in step with one another. Right, because if your partner is not walking in step with you, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. You just yeah. drag them along and it's... Yeah. Yeah. So it's all energized by the Spirit. Right, it's that all... is a helpful analogy. Because if the Holy Spirit, if I'm not doing anything and I'm in this three-legged race with mm. the Holy Spirit, you know, walking towards patience... 
<laughs> and I'm not moving my leg that's connected to him. Like, he's yeah. not just going to drag me along. Yeah. It's not going to work. Yeah. Like, I still have to be actively participating in that right. movement. Right. Because it's a relationship. Patience. Yeah. yeah. It's a relationship. And, you know, the, the, the enemy, the devil, you can see throughout scripture, he, his mode, um, what he does mm-hmm. is controls, yeah. possesses, right. drives, yeah. um, all of these things. Yeah. The Holy Spirit leads, guides, directs, right. corrects, corrects, yeah. walks with us. Right. Very different spirit, yeah. literally and figuratively. Yeah, because all of those things the Holy Spirit does makes room for us to choose his Absolutely. direction whereas the way that the enemy works we don't actually get to choose mm-hmm. like once we're once we are enslaved mm-hmm. to use that language then we just are yes yeah and we end up controlled by um that corrupt nature that's been corrupted by sin so it's not that the enemy is necessarily there every moment of the day. Right, he's not making me turn left when yeah. I'm trying to get home from work. Yeah, I mean, there are places in Scripture where there is a possession yeah. talked about where, yeah, that person is clearly out of control, mm-hmm. being totally controlled physically even, or the words they're using right. are being directly controlled. But for most of us, that isn't the reality. It's It's more of a... Um, we're enslaved, as you said, mm-hmm. to a fallen, sinful nature that Jesus wants to liberate us from. Right. But we get to choose. Yeah. He gives us the cho- choice. He lives. He teaches. He dies on the cross. He's raised from the dead, and he says, "You choose." Right. You know, who are you going to choose? Right. Are, are you going to choose to stay enslaved to the God of this world, or are you going to surrender? your life, yield your life, submit your life right. to the God of the universe who has just demonstrated through the incarnation and the death and the resurrection of Jesus that he has no intention of controlling us. Right. In fact, he loves us so much he will allow us to reject Jesus. Right, and ex- choose something else. Yeah, yeah, and experience the eternal consequences of that. Right. So that's God's commitment. Yeah. So it's a choice. Am I going to each day live a yielded life? Mm -hmm. Am I going to believe the love that God has demonstrated towards me? Trust that love. Say, okay, God, you know better than I do. Mm -hmm. You know, I've been walking through this over the last few days myself. Yeah. You know, am I going to take the reins back? Am I going to say, no, I I think I know better. Mm -hmm. I've got this life figured out. I know what's best for me. Yeah. Or am I going to say, God, even though it's, it's hard. <laughs> Even yeah. though right now I want to trust myself, I'm just going to give the reins back to you. Right. And that, that's a daily moment by moment decision. Yeah. But the moment we do it, the, the spirit of God equips and empowers. Right. He's like, finally. Yeah. And the DNA of the spirit begins to flow. Yeah. Right. And we see ourselves living in ways we would never be able to if we were just trying to do it on our own. Right. And, and religion says, you know, try harder, mm-hmm. do more, become more patient. Right. You know, you can do this if you just try harder. Yeah. And God says, no, if, it were, if, you, could, if you could do this by trying harder, I would not have sent my son, trust me. <laughs> right. right. The fact that Jesus came is evidence that we, trying harder doesn't work. Right. You know, there, there were thousands of years of the Jews trying harder. Right. 
and and dead ends yeah. every time. Yeah. But then Jesus comes along and he does it, it all perfectly for us. Yeah. And then he says, okay, now here's my life given for you. Here's my resurrection power that I want to release in you through the same spirit that raised me from the dead. Right. Significant. I want to, right. I want to place him in you. I yeah. want to give you a new heart. Right. A heart of flesh. I want to give you a new motive, um, a new attitude, a new reason, and a new power, mm-hmm. a new grace. And as we take that step, the Holy Spirit is right there with us. Yeah. And we are walking in step with him and he's making possible what would be impossible yeah. if we tried it in our own strength. Yeah. I mean, Brian used a great analogy uh, during, I think when he was teaching on chapter five in the series mm-hmm. about how trying to walk this way without the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. uh, is like trying to fill up a hot air balloon, like with your lungs. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's just not going to work. It's a losing proposition. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and I mean, when you think about it, it's like, okay, well, it does need to be filled with air. Sure. And my lungs have air. But when you think about the scale of it, it's like, no, that's not going to mm-hmm. happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the same as what you're describing, like trying to try harder to get mm-hmm. these fruits of the spirit to try and, you know, to, to try and manufacture those things on our, in our own strength it doesn't really mm-hmm. make sense. But when we allow the Holy Spirit to work uh, and we walk in step with him, it's like yep. that balloon is being filled by the, the, um, the actual hot yeah. air that's designed and created to fill it up. Yeah. And then when that happens, like the Holy Spirit takes us to a new, gives us a new perspective on what things look like when we mm. allow him to inflate the balloon, yes. you know, so to yes. speak, when we allow him to actually um, empower us instead yeah. of us trying to do it on our own. Because there's so many times where I attempt to, you know, I, I attempt to manufacture peace for myself mm. is a, is an example. Mm-hmm. And I'll scroll on my phone or I'll watch something or I'll, you know, have a conversation with somebody and hope that they'll give me the peace that I need. Mm. And it's like, dude, you're just blowing up that balloon. Like with your, right. with, like, it's not going to work. It's just temporary at best. At best. Yeah. 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 Um, and so I found that analogy really it's helpful mm-hmm. was like, okay, only the Holy spirit can empower me to, yeah. To live this way. And that's what maturity is. You know, we, we look at right. Ephesians four and it's talking about the unity of the spirit. And then and then Paul goes on to describe, you know, the roles of these different gifts in the church that Jesus gives, mm-hmm. you know, the prophet and the apostle and etc. And their role in helping bring the body of Christ to a place of maturity. And right. yeah. maturity is living in step with the spirit hmm. maturity is trusting the spirit to produce the the fruit in us and the evidence that we are growing in maturity that we are learning to trust and walk in step with the spirit is the things we've just been talking about right it's that fruit right and and you know when all of us are walking together in that that's when you see unity right and that's the testament to the world. That's the testament to the world. Yeah, right. because Jesus said that it's through our unity, through our love, yeah, but also through our unity, yeah, which is an expression of that love, right, that the world will become convinced of who he is. Huh. And so unity is one of the key evidences that we are growing in our maturity, both individually and together. Hmm. Um 
Because unity is a corporate thing. Right. It's not a, an individual can't be unified on their own. Well, I mean, we can be un- unified in the sense that we can have integrity. Okay, yeah. You know, so my beliefs are being walked out in my actions. Right. You know, so that that's an expression of unity internally. Okay. Integrity. But when it comes to a corporate expression, um, yeah, y- unity is a corporate thing. Yeah. And so um, I remember Dean Sherman um, one time saying that... Um, uh, unity is corporate humility hmm. because hmm, yeah. we all have to be walking together in humility for us to have corporate a corporate unity yeah and again it's evidence of our maturity that we are growing in the ways in which the apostle paul wants us to you know um into the image of Christ and built built up until we reach we all reach unity in the faith yeah. and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Hmm. You know, these are verses twelve and thirteen of chapter four. Yeah. That that's what he longs for for the these Ephesians. Mm-hmm. That's what God longs for for us. And uh, yeah, it's a it's a corporate thing, and mm-hmm. it's evidence that we are truly, as a corporate body, allowing the Holy Spirit to do His work in us. Yeah. And where there is division, which I think He talks about in another place here, yeah. where where there is division, disunity, it's just evidence that we are not allowing the Spirit to produce these things in us. Right. So where do we start? <laughs> like. I'm just thinking about somebody who's listening and maybe they have a family member who they Mm -hmm. know is like, yeah, we're not in unity about this thing. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, people in a church setting or people with their colleagues at work. Like, it's like, yeah, unity is not happening here. Like Mm -hmm. where, what's our, what's our first step? Like to to begin to allow the Holy Spirit to produce that. Again, it comes back to the fruit of the Spirit us as individuals learning to walk in step with the Spirit, mm. us as individuals are trusting the Holy Spirit, right. allowing Him to produce the fruit in us. Um, so the first step is read Galatians 5. Yeah, yeah and, <laughs> and believe chapters 1 through 3 of Ephesians. Right. Um, and Because as we do that, it will affect us as individuals. Mm. You know, I Really, you know, I, I, I'm draw, drawing a parallel with revival in my mind, you know. Here. Okay. We talk about, God, send revival, send revival. Yeah. You know, ultimately, corporate revival begins with individuals becoming revived. Hmm. And unity, if it is indeed corporate humility, mm. begins with individuals becoming humble walking in humility wow yeah individuals walking in love individuals walking in patience in, you know in in uh, romans um 12 i think it is the apostle paul says as much as it depends on you live at peace yes. with all people right right as much as it depends on you live in unity right with your brothers and sisters yeah we just got to make sure that another person's failure to walk in the spirit another believer's Failure to walk in humility doesn't rub off on us, doesn't cause us to throw humility out the window. Right. It's like, well, if they're going to be that way, then, you know, I'm just not going to try. Yeah. Just let go. Yeah. Just go with the flow now. Because, no, uh, it's an individual commitment 
that I want to honor God. Mm -hmm. I want to walk out this fruit of the Spirit because this is the nature of Jesus. Right. And I want to be like Him. And the Holy Spirit makes it possible. And so whether, if no other believer on the face of the earth wants to do it, I'm okay. I'm still going to live this way. Right. Because that's what Jesus did. Right. People all around Him are, you know, yeah. walking in ways that are completely contrary to who He is in His nature. But that doesn't change Him. Right. He's still stays the same he he's consistent he's the same yesterday today and forever yeah. and he wants to transform us so that we are able to be in an environment where there is disunity where there is pride where there is whatever yeah. you name it and it doesn't change us right we be can still walk in humility yeah because it's an internal thing yeah right yeah that the spirit's doing so is yeah. it safe to summarize and say that the corporate unity starts with individual humility. Like it's... Uh, that's definitely a big, big component of yeah. it. Yeah, and and it's the fruit of the spirit. Yeah, produced in us. Right, and our commitment to walk in step with the spirit. As we do that, we will grow in the image of into the image of Christ. We will grow in our maturity as an individual, and then as a, a bunch of us do that together, there's going to be this growing wave <laughs> uh, that's moving in the right direction. And we will have grace for those people because we're all in process, right? Yeah. We're all yeah. at a different place in our walk with God. And that shouldn't be, a, again, it shouldn't be a cause for pride and yeah. measuring ourselves with right. one another. And Paul says that's a bad idea in <laughs> Corinthians. You know, we're not supposed to do that. But we are, we need to, out of our love and care for one another, bear with one another, it says, in love. Right. So I need to be able to look at the individual who's, who's just got saved. Yeah you know, who's doing their best to walk in step with the Spirit and they're learning and they're growing. And I know some of these things. I've got, you know... Yeah, your, your process has been a little longer. Yeah, exactly. I got 40 years under my belt of of learning and struggling yeah. <laughs> with what does it mean to walk in the Spirit? How do I lay my life down? How do I yield to, to Christ? All of these things. I've been doing it for 40 plus years. Mm-hmm. Why on earth would I expect a brother or sister who's just come to know Jesus yep. to be to be be in that same place? Right. It doesn't make me better than them. Mm -hmm. But if I've had forty years of practice of of yielding to the Spirit and walking in step with Him, surely there should be some evidence of that. Right. And one of the evidences of that is I'm able to look at that brother or sister who's been saved for a day or a week sure. or a year and is definitely still wrestling with some of these things not that i'm not but yeah in a more overt way yeah i one of the evidences that i have maturity is that i can look at them and love them anyway right that i can have grace for them that i can bear with them mm -hmm. that i can come alongside them and help them whether that's a difference of opinion about a theological issue or whether that's just bad behavior that's showing <laughs> right. up um if I'm truly growing in, in the image of Christ, I can live like Christ and I, I can come alongside people like he did mm -hmm. with patience and help them. Yeah, it's so good. May the Holy Spirit keep growing that in, yes. in all of us. Like, yeah. yeah, every day. And I'm glad you highlighted it's a process. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, very good. Thank you everybody so much for joining us for today's conversation. A lot of great stuff going on in there. And I'm consistently 
challenge to walk in step with the Holy Spirit daily and let him be the root that the fruits of the Spirit come out of in just my everyday life and interactions. I hope today's conversation was helpful for you. If it was, please give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. You can share it with a friend who you think may find it helpful as well. Like I said at the top of the show, this is the last episode in season two. We are working on some new plans for the podcast, and I'm hopeful that we can share them with you in the new year. So until then, uh, you can listen back to some, and our prayer is that you would continually be transformed by the truth of Scripture as you walk in step with the Holy Spirit every day. Thanks for listening to the Koinonia podcast. We will see you next time.